Welcome to Sportscast Live. It's Steve-O. New week, new episode. It's a lot to touch on this week. We got a lot to discuss in this episode. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson making his NBA regular season debut. We're going to talk a little bit about the Astros cheating scandal. It's Eli Manning, a Hall of Famer, and of course, Super Bowl picks for the Super Bowl that's coming up in Miami. It's the 49ers and the Chiefs. All right. So the first thing that I want to say, if you want to get included in Sportscast Live, it's the first ever 24-hour live sports debate show. All you have to do is send a one to three minute audio clip and whatever topic we're talking about to my email, Stephen O'Neill 49 at Outlook.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-O-N-E-A-L 49 at Outlook.com. Let me know what you think about any of the topics that we discuss. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. So let's talk about Zion Williamson first. OK, he made his NBA debut. He dropped 22 points. Four for four, three-point range. He only played about 18 minutes. I'm not 100% sure if that's the exact amount of time, but I know it was less than 20 minutes. Now, I got to say, he surprised me. He looked good. He looked strong. He looked very athletic. He was crashing the glass. Um, He was doing some athletic rebounds. He was running the floor very smoothly. Um, And he caught a couple nice plays from Lonzo Ball, man. Um, This dude is very inexplainable. I, at one minute you see him, he looks kind of slow and sluggish, but the next minute he's elevating up off the floor. He's looked that way since college, since he was at Duke, he's looked that way. So I'm just about to say fucking and just give him the benefit of the doubt. I think this dude is going to be a, a great player. Like I said, the way that he moves and how he carries his body, he doesn't look like the physical specimen as far as muscle wise but when you see him jump when you see him explode when you see his quick steps and how he can elevate it's kind of like you almost forget how big the dude is okay i ain't never seen nobody like this and i've been watching basketball my whole life i've seen all type of different body styles from carmelo to lebron big country reeves charles barkley carl malone yao ming Glenn, Big Baby Davis, Shaquille O'Neal, all type of different body sizes. Sean Kemp, none of them have the power, the athleticism, and just the pure strength that this dude has. So I feel like he's going to be a topic on many sports shows for many, many years to come. And uh, he's just, he he's an explosive player. He's great to watch. It's fun. And this dude can shoot, man. Um, he, like I say, four for four from three-point range. He did it against the Spurs, a extremely well-coached team, which is definitely not easy to do. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be hearing a lot from him in the future. All right, so moving on to the next topic, uh, Super Bowl picks. You know, if you know me, you know I'm a 49ers fan. But I actually truly believe the 49ers are the better team. I felt like we've been the best team in the NFL for a while. Uh, just based on the way that we've dominated teams. I mean, the three games that we lost, I think it was a combined, it was 13 points. So all three games we lost by a combined number of 13 points. And uh, the games that we won, we, we've been blowing a lot of teams out throughout the season. We beat teams pretty bad in the playoffs as well. So I had to take a look at the stats and see why Kansas City the favorite. Why is everybody picking Kansas City? Obviously, I know Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, those two guys right there. It's probably enough reason to pick them, not to mention Tyreek Hill, Nicole Harden, Damian Williams, Travis Kelsey, all the other weapons that they have on the offense. We know they're an explosive offense, so 
these numbers right here are playoff numbers. Kansas City offense yards per game, 419 offensive yards per game for the Kansas City Chiefs. hundred That's total. All right, and 115 of those are rushing yards. So they're not a great rushing team, but they throw the ball so well, they kind of don't have to be. And I think the case is the opposite with the 49ers. The 49ers are such a good running team. They don't have to throw the football that much. The 49ers in the playoffs are averaging 235 rushing yards per game. Okay, it's the number one defense in the playoffs as far as yards allowed per game. And the 49ers only have 95 passing yards per game. So you got two polar opposite teams. You got two as far as offense is concerned, right? They're polar opposites as far as offense. The 49ers, their strength is running the ball. They only really throw the ball when they have to or to set up the run. And it's the opposite for the Chiefs, okay? The Chiefs throw the ball a lot. Usually the only time they run the ball is to set up those down the field. So they're polar opposites, and it's going to be a great game. Now, defensively, the 49ers are definitely the superior defense. That's why I think the 49ers are going to have to lock in and really show their dominance in order to win this game. Either way, it's going to be a great game. When you have two teams that are so different, but they both are pretty dominant, it's usually a good game. You know, when you see two teams that, you know, it's two great offenses or two great defenses going against each other, it kind of is predictable and it goes the way that everyone thinks. But when you have two teams that play, um, you know, pretty much polar opposites they play extremely different Patrick Mahomes throws the ball all the time you know Jimmy G Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw the ball a lot he doesn't have to we have multiple running backs um, that we can hand the ball to and we can control the clock the Kansas City Chiefs Andy Reid y'all know what that offense do he go out there he throw the ball around all over the field he's been doing it his whole career he's a great coach so these two polar opposites in teams should lead to a great game in Miami I can't wait I'm hyped about it and uh, it's gonna be a great game it's gonna be a, a very fun game to watch okay now staying in the NFL Eli Manning announces retirement now this has brought a lot of mixed Opinions. A lot of people saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame. A lot of people saying he's not. Now, let me tell you my personal opinion. I'm going to get some content in. I'm, I have people working on content right now. Um, so this show will be updated throughout the week. But let me say this now. I feel like Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. I did not always think that. But when you look at what he's done in big games, in the playoffs, you have to consider that. Um, I'm not saying he's a first ballot or sure in Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that. I wouldn't say that about somebody who's 117 and 117 in their career. Okay, there's no way you can win as many games as you lose and be a first ballot or sure in Hall of Famer unless you have stats that are through the roof. Okay, and he doesn't have those necessarily, but they're actually better than what a lot of people think. All right, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. That right there alone, just that stat alone, you got to consider it, all right? And I know that may not be right. A lot of people may not agree with that. But just off the fact that he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP as a quarterback, you have to consider it, okay? Four-time Pro Bowler. He's been to the Pro Bowl four times. Um, that's a lot, you know, for you know, going to the Pro Bowl four times in a quarterback's career with the career of a football player in general, that's a good amount of time, okay? Being in the Pro Bowl four times, that's that means you were one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for four years, okay? He's seven all-time in touchdowns, and I think he's about seven all-time in yards as well. 
I know for a fact he's top 10 in both. All right, so 57,023 yards, 366 touchdowns. I mean, those are solid numbers. And then you throw in the fact that he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. And when you look at the teams that he beat in the Super Bowl, I know Patriot fans, I know y'all don't like this, but that matters too. The fact that who he beat in the Super Bowl and how he became a Super Bowl MVP, when you actually look at the games, you see that his impact is bigger than numbers. All right. You got to be a football person. You got to watch the game. Now, I know a lot of people that just look at stats. I ain't going to say no names. The person that I'm talking about, he's probably listening. You know, I'm talking about him. And it's a few of y'all out there. But when you use the eyeball test and when you look at those big time games, actually, we're not even going to say those two games, those two playoff runs in general that took Eli Manning to be that two-time Super Bowl MVP. He played lights out. All right, so so much when guys don't perform in the playoffs and in the postseason, they're talked about in such bad ways, and that is such a big part of their legacy. But you got somebody like Eli Manning who he has pretty good stats, but like I said, his win-loss is mediocre. A lot of people think he's a mediocre quarterback, but when it comes to the postseason, when it comes to playoff time, he overachieves. So we got to look at that too. Okay, we can't just look at it when you underachieve in the playoffs and we hold you to that. And the general public will hold you to that standard. They'll say, well, this guy underachieves in the playoffs, so he's this type of player or he's that type of player. They won't look at the regular season. With Eli Manning, because of what he's done in the playoffs, I think we got to elevate him, and I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, look at the defenses that the Giants had those two years. That's right. Those defenses were great. They had great defenses, but at the end of the day, when you think about Giants Super Bowls, you don't think about defensive plays. You may think about one or two, but what do you think about when you think about Giants Super Bowl and, and that era of those two Super Bowls, you think about the throws that Eli Manning make. You think about him spinning out the pocket with a guy grabbing him and him throwing to David Tyree or him throwing to the back of the end zone a place called Burst. That's what you think about. You think about Eli Manning throwing the ball, and that's why they won the Super Bowl. That's why they were able to navigate through the playoffs to ultimately win because of the poise and the skill of Eli Manning. So I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer if he's not – I, I mean, I could see why people wouldn't vote him in, but me personally, I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he deserves it. All right, so the last topic of this episode, we're going to talk about the Astros cheating scandal. Okay, so the Astros basically, it was basically proven that the Astros illicitly used technology to steal opponent signs throughout the 2017 postseason and regular season. Okay, now, if you don't understand baseball, I'm not a big baseball guru, but I have been watching baseball for the majority of my life, and I understand it pretty well. So stealing signs is basically something that is not new. It's always been a thing to steal the other team's signs. If a catcher and a pitcher, if their communication with the signs of the pitches that he's going to throw is sloppy, then, of course, the other team has the right to try to steal it or to interpret it. What type of pitch you're going to throw before you throw it. So if you're being sloppy with signs, it's like in football or basketball. If the if you're doing something to let the other team know what play you're going to run, then of course they're going to do what they can to try to find that out. However, 
you cannot use technology like cameras, microphones, buzzers, and things of that nature to steal signs. Now, the microphones and the buzzers have not been proven, but I think the cameras have been proven. So basically what they did was they recorded signs and they were able to steal signs and, you know, win the World Series basically that way. Now, this team is very talented. The Houston Astros definitely was one of the best teams in the MLB without stealing signs. Um, either way, you can't do it. You can't steal signs. You can't record people doing signs and you take them and use them to your advantage because, of course, the batter's going to know every pitch that the pitcher's going to throw before he throws it. And I was watching ESPN and I heard someone say, as a pitcher, you would rather face uh, someone in a batter's box that is juiced up on steroids than to face someone who's stealing signs because they know the pitch that's coming. If I'm stealing signs illicitly with technology, it's probably pretty accurate. Okay, so if somebody tips me off to the pitch that you're going to throw, if there's video evidence that, you know, my guys cheating can study, it's probably pretty accurate. They probably know exactly the pitch that you're going to throw and you're not going to get nobody out. So and that is a big difference between, you know, stealing them with intuition and with baseball knowledge versus using a camera. Now, I spoke to a former MLB player and he agreed 100 percent. He said it's a big deal. He said that's a huge advantage, especially stealing them with cameras. That's a huge advantage because in the heat of the moment, you know, you're going to take a guess. You're going to try to steal signs. But when you're videotaping it, you can run the tape back over and over again. You can really have a mental you know, grasp of what the pitch is going to do. You can study the tape over and over and over again and basically memorize the, you know, whatever the pitch is doing, whatever signs. It's pretty complicated. But if, you know, if you have a tape videotaping it, okay, you can keep running it over and over again until, you know, you know it by heart. You're basically part of their team, damn near, you know, and that's, that's going to give you a big advantage. That shit is cheating and that's wrong. And when you look at the sanctions that, you know, the punishment that they got, they had to forfeit for, draft picks in the first two rounds and they have a five million dollar fine the boston red sox the 2018 season the 2018 boston red sox are also being investigated for this too because i believe they share some of the same coaches and the owner of the astros said that the players will apologize for stealing signs in spring training so he's basically admitting to it that they did steal signs now this is what i want to say when you talk about the five five at michigan in the 90s when you talk about Reggie Bush and the USC Trojans allegations, the NCAA violations that, you know, they were found guilty of. They had wins vacated. OK, Reggie Bush had to give his Heisman Trophy back. So I'm not going to say that the Houston Astros should give their World Series back. I'm saying the whole vacating wins thing that opens up a can of worms because now when you look at the Fab Five, how they had to vacate their wins. When you look at Reggie Bush and the USC Trojans, they had to vacate some of their wins because of those NCAA rules violations. You see how unfair it is now. The Astros are not going to have to vacate any wins or, you know, their World Series won't be vacated. But that's not fair because think about it. They had one up on the opponent in a different type of way. I mean, they were using technology to actually cheat. The Fab Five, Reggie Bush, those NCAA violations, yes, getting money is wrong. You know that's wrong. But at the end of the day, you're on a level playing field. Reggie Bush was just way better than everybody else. The Fab Five, they were just way better than everybody else. They were blowing teams out. They were beating teams because of what they did on the field. 
and the court, not because they were cheating or because, you know, they had some one up on the opponents. And I think that it's unfair because once you start this whole vacating thing and erasing wins, you got to keep it going because now it looks unfair. And I just want to say, I don't think it was right when it happened with the Fab Five or with Reggie Bush. So I'm not going to say it should happen now. But when you make a mistake like that and you start vacating trophies and wins and trying to change the past, if you don't keep up, if you don't keep doing it, if you don't keep that same energy, then it's looking like you're letting the Astros off the hook because they were caught recording signs and they're cheating and they're getting a one up on the opponent. All right. So. Anybody who want to talk about any of those topics, we're going to keep it going the whole week. Like I said, it's a very busy week. If you want to keep it going, if you want to discuss any of these topics, if you feel like I'm wrong or I'm misinformed on anything, let me know. Send a one to three minute email to Stephen O'Neill 49 at Outlook.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-O-N-E-A-L 49 at Outlook.com. And we can get into a live sports debate. This is 24 hours. Anytime of night, let me know. You will get a response. The updated episode will be posted. This is Sportscast Live, first ever 24-hour interactive podcast. I'm out. What's good, bro? Hope you've been well, man. Hope the kid is doing good, too. Um, just wanted to hit you for my Super Bowl prediction. So, man, you know, like, I've, I've analyzed it back and forth. Also analyzed it on, like, what I want to, you know. Came to the conclusion, man, you know, I, I'm thinking the Chiefs are taking it this year. Um, not because I don't like the Niners or anything. I think the Niners are a great team. I think they're a phenomenal team. Um, but the Niners' offense, like, they don't have as many weapons as uh, Kansas City, in my opinion. Like, George Kittle, that's my dog, man. I think he's a beast. I think their running game has been good over the season, really, toward the end of the season. Raheem Moss, Mostert, and Matt Breida, they, they're some animals. But if those two can be stopped, like, and George Kittle can be kind of contained, like, I, I I, mean, the Chiefs Chiefs got it, in my opinion. Like, that, that Nick Bosa and Richard Sherman, I think what you got to be worried about is Nick, Nick Bosa. He, he's a monster. He's an animal. He's going to eat. He's going to try to eat. If they can try to kind of contain him, Patty Mahomes gets that extra second or two in the pocket or extra five seconds in the pocket. Um, he's he's going to make plays. You know, he's going he's gonna to make throws. He's going to make efficient throws. He's going to get in the t- touchdown, whether it's him or someone else. And I don't really know too much about the KC defense, but, you know, like, I think they can hold Nick Bosa to a fact where the Chiefs can win. And, you know, I, I like Jimmy G. I think he's a good quarterback, you know, but I don't think he's on Patrick Mahomes, like, IQ level. Like, I don't think he can scramble like Patrick. I don't think he can make decisions under pressure like Patrick, you know. And I know in the regular season, week three, the Niners, uh, they beat the Chiefs. Um, but, dude, like, the way the Chiefs have been playing, like, I think they can – Use every weapon they have to their advantage when it comes to Super Bowl. So let's stay tuned and see what what's good. You know, let's, let's let's see if the Niners can do it. But I'm thinking the uh, I'm thinking the Chiefs got it, man. I think the Chiefs are gonna. I think it's gonna be AFC year this year. I hope it's an AFC year until the Falcons or the Bears go. So that's my prediction for this year. Uh, let me know if you find any good betting sites because I'm trying to fucking put some money down, win big too. But uh, yeah, bro, let me know what you think, too. All right.
Alright, so I just want to talk about Zion uh, playing yesterday and uh, his performance. So, like, I also agree with you. Like, I think his ability and his physique is just, like, unreal. Like, and, you know, that, that just makes him, like, an overall great player. Because we all know that he's strong and he's capable of doing anything. You see his eye ball, he's working hoop, you know. But the thing that really sets him back or set him back, you know, and this is not even, like, a, a mistake, really, it's just more of, like, you know, he had a lot of heart coming in, which is not bad, but the thing is, if you go so hard, like, you're gonna get injured, you're gonna, like, you know, something, you're, you're more prone for something to happen, and that's the thing, like, now that he's fresh off, I saw him, like, miss a lot of shots in the beginning, because I feel like he was, putting too much pressure on his knee or just trying to perform outside of his boundaries off of injury and I'm just like dude like just relax and later on you saw like how he performed you know it's killing him threes and then like he was just hooping you know like what we've seen before so you know I think he'll be successful in the NBA I think he'll uh do some do some damage with the with the Pelicans like they're that, that's gonna be a good team and uh with Zion, the Pelicans are just so much better because he can push the ball and also do, like, the defensive side and, you know, grab rebounds and shoot and everything. So being an all-around player, his strength and his ability is, can be used to so many advantages. And as far as long as the Pelicans ball and, like, if they pick up another player, um, You know, like they can they can do some work, you know, so um, I think Zion's going to be good. And I think the Pelicans uh, will continue to ball as long as, you know, the boy doesn't injure himself by going too hard. All right. That's all I wanted to say. All right. Uh, another topic I think that we should cover and I think would be interesting for your podcast would be uh, the Jeff Teague trade back to Atlanta. So, I saw that happen, and, um, because you posted that, you know, and I was like, oh, shit, you know, I kind of fuck, I like this, you know, like, I, 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 I feel good that this is happening, like, on a level where the Hawks are winning games, and he's that much of a factor to get that W, so, man, Jeff Teague, man, like, I don't know your opinion on Jeff T, but Jeff T can hoop, man. Jeff T, he be going in. That boy is like a wolf out there. He is a timber wolf, even when he's in Atlanta. Like <laughs> Jeff T, man, like in his years in Atlanta, like he played his part as a point guard. And you can tell that he tried. He was a little young. He was a little kind of fresh in a way. But later on, he matured. He, like, put the back, care, put the back, uh, his team on his back. And he just, because some years with, like, uh, the, them years um, in the early Atlanta days, not early, but, like, a couple years ago with uh, Mike Scott and everyone on that team, man, like, that was a good team. I thought they were going to go places. But, you know, um, they, they they only made it to the playoffs. But 
with Jeff Teague and how he played. Uh, I forget who they played. Uh, the Hawks. Let's see. But that that game, like you could just tell there was so much rhythm in that game. It's like you can tell how a team is gonna like perform. You can foreshadow at least the next couple minutes just by, you know, seeing how the the team connects with one another. And with Jeff Teague as another, like, and he's happy to be an ATO, which even makes it even better. Like, bro, that team is a pretty good team. That team, that, that record does not justify. It's like, I think we're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Like, we're, we're dumpster trash. But... Why do you like why why is a Falcon this dumpster trash too? Because they and have a great and have a great team like they're the Falcons offense is like top five in the NFL, top three even. You know like, but we just cannot win the games, or we cannot close. For some reason. Let's see. I'm thinking the Hawks are going to start winning games now. They're 11 and 34. They're going to be, they're not going to do it this season, but maybe they'll be, they'll have a winning record, I think, by the end of this season. They're 11 and 34 right now. So by the end of this season, they're going to have more wins than losses, but, or it's going to be at the very edge. So. I don't know if they can make it to the playoffs, but, man, the Hawks are, were just missing something to win. And right now, like, if you don't believe he's a fix, he's at least a temporary fix. You know, I think if they had, now they have, let's see, the Hawks roster. Obviously, Trizzy Trey. Unreal. Always unreal. Always going to put on. Vincey. Vince Carter, man. Still. To this day, the boy can... He can do stuff, man. Like, just because he's old. Like, that dunk contest, you remember, dude. Like, it's it's like nothing for him. He will put it between his legs on a Wednesday night, bro. Reverse that shit on, on somebody. Like, you know what I'm saying? JC, John Collins. Amazing. If he didn't do that stupid growth hormone thing, the Hawks would probably be like... At least 17 and 30. 17 and something. It's okay. Jeff T. Timberwolf. Came down. They added to the pack. I'm calling it now. The Hawks are going to win a lot more games. Cam Reddish. OG stunting in the making. Going in. Going hard. Kevin Huerter. Did you see that boy the other day? Ooh, he put on. That boy was pooping, dog. Um, let's see. DeAndre Hunter, great player. Alex Lynn, they, you know, they, they, they got young stars. They got people coming up. They got a good enough solid team to bring out W's. And I think Jack T is going to be, is like, Jeff T is like, you know, that person that just came in and, all right, I'm here to help you guys win. I'm added to the pack. You know, it's it's time it's time to get these W's, and he's at that factor. And and it's just even if you consider it a small factor, he's not like LeBron coming in or Melo, but still, 
Jeff Teague is icy. Like, the Hawks have always been, like, a low, low-key, low-in-the-rising-star team. You know? But Jeff Teague is, like, kind of like a vet now. Or he's on coming to vet days, so... We'll see, man. And I want to know your um, opinion on this too. I want you to. I want you to uh, let me know what you think about this Jeff T trade and how Atlanta is gonna do. All right.